Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I'll be connecting with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burinova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. Welcome to the second episode in the Woman in Architecture series. Today's episode is with Toke, an aspiring architect from Atlanta, Georgia. We discuss the path that has led her to work at the firm she works at now, from stepping back from the industry for a few years, and what it was like to return to the world of architecture after taking her first architecture exam and passing. Toke, welcome to From the Honeycomb podcast and the special Woman Architecture series for the month of October. I am so excited to have you today. I am happy to be here. Surprising how you even found me, but this has all been a good progression. So I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. We'll, de- we'll definitely talk about how I found you on Instagram <laughs> for sure. All right. So before we begin, I like to start every episode by sharing something we are grateful for in the present moment, whatever it is, small, large, whatever it is that has sent- brought you a sense of gratitude in the present moment. So Toke, what has brought you gratitude? I am embasking in the gratitude of going back to somewhat of my architecture roots. Yesterday, I had the privilege of sitting on the jury for some second year architecture students. And it was the second time that I've done it, but I think I felt a little different sitting there yesterday because I was a lot more knowledgeable about the subject matter that they were discussing. It was very sentimental after the jury because I just looked back and I remembered standing in that same position probably about 10 years ago and I've been in basking in that gratitude for about 12 hours now (laughs) I'm really grateful for seeing the progression and being able to fill in to spaces that I was in previously Oh, I love that. It kind of goes off of what I've been thinking about, what I'm grateful for, especially putting together this series, is just the kind of field of architecture and just the different kind of just people you meet and things you can do within the field of architecture. I have found just so gratifying is you can do residential, commercial. There's so much you can change throughout your career. Some of the other women I've been talking to as well is like, well, I studied this and now I'm interested in this, but architecture really, it encompasses so much more than we think and than we know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really grateful to be in this field because it's ever growing and there's just so many fascinating people that I've met along the way. Yeah, I completely understand that. All right, so let's dive into the episode. I'll start kind of how I found you, and then we can dive into your, your, I'm sure you're curious. I'm sure the listeners are curious. So one day, uh, about probably two months ago, I was just kind of on Instagram, and I decided to go into the search, kind of see what else is going on, let the algorithm kind of show me what I want to look at in this moment. I was like, you know what, Let's, let's see what I find. And somehow... I ended up looking up, there's Joanne from the Women's Architect Collective. I don't know if you follow her. She just had a profile on NCARB. She will also be on the episode. She'll be starting out the series. So I started following her and then 
through seeing who likes posts and who comments and like, oh, suggestions, your profile ended up popping up. And I started looking at some of your videos, your posts, and it really just resonated with me because you do your site visits. I had been to some site visits that day and I just was like, this is something like you make architecture look so fun and so interesting. And you also show it from a perspective that's different than what I think a lot of people would think, especially with the site visits. I know you did, I was kind of looking through your feed today. You were staking out the property for a house yesterday and just how much goes into building a home and you kind of show the little behind the scenes and it's been really fun to watch and you're also in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm in California so it's a very different climate <laughs> area different zone. Market. The properties you show are huge. Here in California on the coast we are stacked up on top of each other so closely. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to see kind of what the landscape you also work in. So that's how I found you. That's wonderful. It's actually nice to hear that, mainly because it's my intention. <laughs> I don't have a lot of followers, friends, family that know anything about architecture. They know nothing really. And it's nice to be able to connect with them in what I do. And I think when I I wasn't on Instagram for a while. So when I did come back, I wanted to be intentional to show things that people could understand, to show things that people could connect to and try to make it fun because on the practice side, it's not always fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I try to extract the fun components of it and almost widen it in a way that the average person who's not in the profession is able to connect with it and they don't have to be in the building. They don't have to be the owner of the project. They don't have to be a part of it. So it's kind of glad to see that it's happening. <laughs> or at least someone, someone is excited about what I post because I, you know, I don't have a lot of followers. They're mainly friends from my walk through life, whether it was childhood or college or adulthood. But yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of nice to hear. Oh, good. No, it is. It's been really fun following you. And so share with us kind of your journey to where you are in your architecture career today and kind of what's led you there and why you chose architecture. <sighs> it's so funny because when I really think back, I probably first knew I wanted to be an architect when I was maybe eight, seven or eight, maybe even earlier, I remember I was really young and my family had just relocated back to Nigeria. We were living, I think, in Trinidad and Tobago before then. So we moved back to Nigeria and my parents were looking to build a house. So they hired an architect, I think, Actually, no, one of my uncles was an architect and I think he made a model. So he made a physical model. And one day I get home and I see this model, you know, it's it's covered, you know, with like plexiglass or something because, you know, dust. And mm -hmm. I just remember staring at it all the time, coming back, looking at it, looking at the windows, looking at the doors. And I was like, I want to design houses. So I think that was the beginning of it. At that time, I didn't even know what an architect was, but I knew I wanted to design houses. And as 
school progressed and as you get more aware of professions as as I started studying different classes taking different courses I was like yeah I, I know I want to be an architect and I know I want to design houses now of course later in life I realized architect did a lot more than houses but I always knew that I wanted to design homes I always knew that and this is as far back as I can remember being a young kid so age might be some, somewhere between five and eight I would say I can't it's still a very vivid memory I've always wanted to design homes and uh I continued to make choices that sort of led me in that direction. And honestly, I, I hit burnout. I almost quit architecture school three times. <laughs> My mom used to remind me that I would call her randomly and just say, I'm done with this program. I've been up all night. I can't do this. This is just ridiculous. And for some reason, she's like, the next day I wake up and I go right back <laughs> and she'll check in with me weeks later. She's like, oh, so did, did you quit? I'm like, oh, no, I, I was just tired. I, I went back. And I think same thing with the workforce. When I started, I graduated like most of us during the recession. So it was really hard to find work at that time. And it took me about a year to find work. I found it with a small remodeling company. There were no architects in that office because at first I was focused on, you know, applying to Gensler, applying to all these big firms that everyone knew about. And I never even imagined that, wait a minute, there's a lot more that can be done in other arenas, not necessarily a traditional architecture firm. So I started looking into remodeling firms. And so I landed a job as a designer in a small remodeling firm. I specialized in kitchen and bath remodels. And I was really excited about working with homes. But as years went by and I matured, I realized it wasn't really going to get me in the path of architecture working in, you know, the remodeling industry. But I loved it. <laughs> and with time, I'm like, you know what? I need, I need it. I need to go. I need to get my IDP. I need to do this. I need. Well, then it was called IDP. Now mm -hmm. it's called like AXP or something. Yeah. And like the internship hours. right? Yes. And you can't do that if you're not in a firm or if you're not with architects. So eventually I switched and I went into a traditional firm and it wasn't for me. <laughs> Needless to say, it just wasn't for me. It was actually what detoured me from the profession I quit I barely made three months wow. <laughs> I should be ashamed. I was ashamed to say that before but I think I was burnt out I, it was very monotonous it was very unexciting it was too rigid and I wasn't designing homes and I think I lost that connection that I loved and I left the industry I went off and I started doing events I was able to express myself in planning and project management and designing. And I did that for a few years. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> well, a lot of other things, actually, this I left that industry a few months before the pandemic. But 2020 was sort of another turning point for me. And I remember connecting deeply with my spirituality side. And I, I prayed and I said, look, I need a sign. <laughs> I'm going to study for one exam. I hadn't been in the industry for years. I hadn't been in the industry for maybe four years at that time. And I said, I need a sign and I'm going to study for an exam. If I pass, 
that means I need to get back in architecture. And if I fail, <laughs> that means I don't. Well, I passed. <laughs> Yay! Congratulations. And I remember walking out not believing because, you know, they tell you that it's highly likely mm -hmm. and you've got to wait for them to send the results to you. So when I walked out and I was highly likely, I'm like, yeah, highly unlikely. So I called the two architecture friends I had. I'm like, I don't think I passed. The exam was so confusing. And, and one of them who's registered, and he's like, what are you talking about? You passed. It said highly likely you passed. Anyway, needless to say, a few days later, I find out I passed and I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to get back in. I called, you know, a few friends like hey you know i know it's 2020 no one's working so a friend of mine at that at that time connected me to another architect and i showed up at his office and i said hey look i just need to shadow you i love what you do and i see you as someone i wanted i want to do what you're doing in a few years so just let me come in here and watch you every day and he's like okay i said yes i mean i i get it it's 2020 i don't know what's going on because i i didn't know him i had met him a few years ago and he was very open and welcoming he's like okay sure you want to learn come and learn so at first i would go in one day a week oh what are you doing oh you're drawing this and he'll give me some drawings to do and he'll show me some details it was a slow progression fast forward a year later i designing homes for him i'm drawing houses wow. i'm managing his projects and it's been an amazing journey and he's, he's now my mentor <laughs> <laughs> because we've been working so closely together and i think he has taken an interest in teaching me the ropes and showing me and guiding me and i've given him somewhat of a clear vision of sort of what i want to do and how i want to progress in my career and thing he took me under his wing and I'm so appreciative of that I can't imagine where I would be today if I had that in 2012 when I graduated you know so I took a couple more exams and I did not pass oh, no. <laughs> and I remember being so distraught because the first exam minimal effort I mean minimal effort I was just like yeah okay I'll study every day for three hours but then the other is I'm like oh I'm in it now I'm doing this and I'm studying and I'm taking the time and I would fail and I would fail and okay and I had a chat with him and he says take a minute you know maybe you need to take a break from that focus on work and then once you feel you're more comfortable with certain areas with work pick that exam up because I was trying to follow the suggested route mm -hmm. of what exams to take and he's like just wait and whenever you feel you know very comfortable in a certain field then go ahead and pick up that book and start studying for that section so that's why I actually said hey you know what because the last exam I filled was project management and I said you know could I manage a project? <laughs> and he looks at me, he's like, okay. <laughs> because I want to take the project management exam over and I want to make sure I'm going in with a different set of knowledge than I did before. Like, what's the point of restudying the same thing that you did before? You're not going to get the same outcome. So he said, sure. All right, here's the project. And uh, let's see how you do. And I uh, think that because I had already been going to sites that I wasn't managing, because I really am determined to learn. And 
I meant it when I said, I want to see how you do everything. I wanted to learn how to do everything. So I would follow other project managers to their job sites. I would follow him to his job sites. And those are the behind the scenes that you always see. I'm just following them around and I'm asking them questions like, what is this? What is that? You have to do that. Who does that? And I've got notebooks of notes, just writing and writing, slow down. Okay. Write and write. And I saw how things were working behind the scenes. I saw how two-dimensional drawings turned into real buildings. I saw how lines turned into actual things. And I said, I, I want to do this. So I uh, started managing my own projects. Then, uh, yeah, we'll see how the next exam goes. <laughs> but I've told myself that I need to be, I need to be patient. I think that a lot of us in this field find it challenging to stop and rest to stop and wait. I think a lot of us are so used to go, 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 go that we feel we need to do seven things at a time because we've done that and we don't have to all the time. Yes, there are going to be times when we do. And I think that was something I really had to reprogram in my head. Like you don't have to work and study at the same time. You could take a break and study and focus on, you know, the architecture because in our office, it's somewhat separate, the architecture from the construction. So it's almost like I've got to divide my time between architecture and construction management. And then to force in studying might be a lot because I still need my, my mindfulness. <laughs> I need my weekends. I need my travel. I need things that fuel me outside the profession. So right now I'm sort of learning how to take it one or two things at a time and then swap out and add something else and take something off the plate. And yeah, I don't know if that answers my journey, but <laughs> it's been a indirect <laughs> redirection to where I always knew I wanted to be. And I know I have so much, so much ahead of me and I'm confident that I'm on the right path, mastering the tools needed for where I'm heading. No, absolutely. No, that's another thing with architecture too, is you're constantly growing, you're constantly learning. And to kind of tie back in those exams, because I just passed PD, PDD, that was my last one. I'm ready Ooh, to get started. Congratulations. Thank you. It was, a, it was a long journey. I think it was about three years mm. passing, failing. So I completely understand where you're at. And and it is kind of hard when you, going back to when you talked about your failing project management but yet that's what you're doing every day. That's what someone's paying you to do. That's what someone is trusting you to do. And then all of a sudden you're failing the thing that you're doing that you think you're doing really well at. And I really resonate with that because I struggled with project management, the exam, and mm. I had the same feeling. I'm like, this is what I'm doing 40 plus hours a week. How am I not getting it in this exam? And it makes you think like, is it me? Is it the, like, what am I, <laughs> am I not supposed to be doing yes. architecture? And yeah. I've, there's so many times also wanted to quit, wanted to give up. was like, this isn't it. This is the, these exams. The exams really test you. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. many people don't and, know And about I think it. they test you in a very different way. It makes you question that you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm like, hmm, why? <laughs> yes. No. The exams, it, as I've been sharing them a lot on the podcast, and as I've been sharing them, I notice so many people in the world don't know how many exams an architect has to take. And, you know, a lot of people know what doctors do, lawyers. And yeah. so 
I feel in a way it's kind of like my message too to share. Architects have a lot of work. They go through a very rigorous program at school and we're always told, but especially when it comes to pay, well, it's you love what you do. It's a creative, mm. you know, field. And so there's a lot of work that people don't know that goes behind the scenes of being an architect. Yes. And I think when and if <laughs> I blow up on the social media gram, I would love to find myself with a group of other architects or just design professionals who are able to bridge that gap between this weird misunderstanding of the value that architects bring, not to even speak on how rigorous it is to be in that position to genuinely call yourself an architect legally. But even with what we do, I honestly can say that with every new knowledge I attain, I feel so proud, like, wow, you know, so this actually influences this choice. This actually influences this decision. Everything is intentional. Ironically, we talked about it in the in the review that we had yesterday with the second year architecture school students, someone kept saying, oh, it's not functional or it's not, it's not used or it's not needed. And we're like, no, everything is intentional. You just might not have figured out what its intent is, but trust me, if an architect designed it, there is an intent behind that move. That is so perfectly said. I love that. It is so true. There is. It's. It, there's a reason. There's the thought process that goes behind it. Every decision affects. It's a domino effect of what it'll affect, whether it's the, the skeleton of the building, the mechanical system, the way the person uses it. That is so true that you really, there's a reason and you're absolutely right. And I also wanted to go back to when you talked about going from 2D drawings to 3D and seeing the project you've been working on in CAD or Revit or Grasshopper or whatever program you're using come to life. And that is just such a cool thing to see. Like I remember some of my first projects and seeing them come to life and you, you know, you spent hours trying to figure out if something would lay out and then there it is in person. It is such a cool, <laughs> cool feeling. It's, it's, it's fun. I, I love it. Yeah. it. It's fulfilling. That is the word I was about to say. It is so fulfilling filling because it's an intense it's an intense profession and time consuming so when you finally see it in real life and you can touch it you can hold it you can interact with it it's very fulfilling but that's that's the word I, I could say it's so fulfilling to see it come to life I don't know if there are many professions that give you that sense of feeling mm-hmm no, that is true. And, and your work stays, I mean, of course, depending how well it's constructed, but your your work will, will stand there for, you know, years to come and years. so many people yeah. will interact with it. And I know with one of the reasons I geared more towards homes and residential is I think we as architects who work in homes, it's a very intimate relationship we have with our clients. Of course, you do custom homes. I work in custom homes. You are creating a space that someone is going to sleep in, eat in, but also have memories, grow, raise their children. There is just, it's such an intimate relationship you have with the space and also your client and future owners of the home that I think it's, 
also one of the reasons I love architecture is just you're you're creating a home. You're not just creating a house. I like to say you're creating a home. Yes. Yes, yeah. I agree. And I think that I was blessed initially, hindsight, I was really blessed initially to start my career path with renovations. Mm-hmm. I now know how intimate it is when people use a space because we literally always came in to make a space more functional for the individual who now owns it sometimes they just bought a home and they wanted to customize you know their home to suit them better sometimes they've been living in the home but their family structure or lifestyle changed and we needed to let the home match that But at every point in time, you're speaking to the client and understanding who they are, what their needs are, and you're literally allowing their home respond to their needs. And starting from an intimate small space, whether it's their rooms, their bathrooms, their kitchens, or even just, you know, their backyards or whatever the room that we were focused on, starting there allows me almost think in two different ways when I'm approaching an overall home design because most architects usually don't get into the nitty-gritty of your layout for your kitchen or what's in your shower there's a room you can get in you can get out and everything fits to code but when you're dealing with custom homes if that's not the case you're literally sometimes saying oh this daughter wants this and she needs a bench here and she needs this here this son wants a living room in his bedroom because he plays games or his friends are over and i know the average american does not customize their home but what if they got to that's always what i always say like what if everyone got to customize their home that would be amazing how people would interact with their homes differently but we're blessed to be able to work with a small percentage of people who do it's a very intimate transaction It's a very intimate move, even when they see it. We had a client the other day that asked if they could come once we framed up for their kids to like write little things in the bedrooms because they plan on the home being a forever home. So their Mm -hmm. kids' kids might end up living in it. Their grandkids might end up having it. Something about a trust, but they're also seeing that as an intimate event happening in their family to build a home that generations of theirs will be able to use and come back to but but yeah wow that's it is fun leaving I've left little toy figurines actually oh you did (laughs) inside the walls inside the walls I've left a little Disney character in one project yeah that is So, so cool just for fun because yeah you never know what the the next story of the home is and so it's kind Mm. of a little fun surprise but so yeah that's a cool idea I might steal it (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 kind of fun I think it's a little Elsa from Frozen from Frozen yeah it was really popular and I was one of the toys we found so put it in the walls before um right closed up with sheetrock yeah yeah <laughs> put it in there and then drywalled over it and I don't know exactly where it is anymore but one one day they're going to find it. Someone will find it someday. So. <laughs> That's cool. Exactly. Yeah, I won't share what project or anything, but yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun surprise for them. That will be. Yeah. 
when I think about my journey, honestly, the main thing that I will share with others and hope they take away from this is one, every journey is unique. I don't know about most, but I know that at least a lot of people that I went to school with and studied architecture with have a preconceived notion of what that path needs to be. You go to school, you graduate, you get a good job, work there a couple of years, be registered, and then boom, 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 associate, whatever, whatever, maybe 15 years, you start your own firm. Who knows? But one thing I do realize now more than ever, as unique as we are as individuals, there is a plethora of options of how we determine that journey. And I have learned to focus on the actual journey and not the destination. So many things we're taught in school allows us to have the opportunity to be in so many other aspects of, let's just say, careers or life. Some hobbies of mine turned into a profession because it was just something I was good at or had insight in or enjoyed doing. And that's okay. It's part of my journey. Now, looking back, it didn't take away from what I'm doing now. If anything, it gave me more tools. It learned, It taught me a lot of customer service. It taught me a lot of design principles. I know some other architects now who are, you know, in fashion or who are artists who strictly do digital representation or visualization. It doesn't really matter as long as we are taking essence of what it is that we're good at, what we love, what brings value to others in life. So regardless of what that destination is, I think it's more important to look at the journey of how you get there, the people you meet along the way, the skills you acquire, and the value that you leave in that, in your clients, in your coworkers, in your trades, and really just with people. And I think that that's really what I think is more impactful, is what we do on the way to that destination. That tunnel vision is just not it. It's not it anymore. I've got a really wide, <laughs> wide view on a lot of things now. And whatever comes my way, I'll play with it a little bit and see if it influences, if it's great, if it's impactful, you apply it and you continue on with those tools. And who knows, you might have a backpack full of tools by the time you get to your destination. And it makes you a unique architect. It makes you a unique designer because deep down inside, we're all, we're all designers, really. When we study architecture, it's just we how we apply it, we apply it to homes. But that same thing can be applied to a lot of other other aspects in life. Well, that's beautifully said. Thank you so much. I Thanks have really enjoyed me. Yeah. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I have just resonated with so much of what you said and you say it so eloquently. I love it. It's been oh, such a fun, fun conversation. I'm pleasantly excited about how this is coming about. It just enforces how you can connect with people on one little thing and look, look, look at us. <laughs> I was like, huh, I'm walking. This is my first podcast. I've never, I've never had one. So I was, that's why I was trying to be so, what am I doing? <laughs> no, but you have no, been, been good. you have been perfect. I wouldn't have known it was your first time. Oh Yeah. Great. Yeah. You can there cut you that out. Okay, <laughs> you can add that into your 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 journey. And yeah. where can listeners find you? 
Whew, I am so bad with social media, but I mean, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's at Toketayo. That's the short form of my name. T-O-K-E-T-A-Y-O. And uh, yeah, that's that's the only place that I am on. <laughs> I took a break from social media. It was taking more from me than it was giving me. So when I came back, I wanted to be very intentional. So that's that's it. You can find me on Instagram. Great. And I'll provide a link in the show notes for your Instagram. That's so wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Thank you. This was just such a wonderful conversation. I am so glad I reached out to Toke a couple weeks ago to have her on because the outlook Toke has on architecture from her experiences in the profession and her view on the intimacy around designing a home was just so special. So I really, really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you did too. And if you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. Follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. Thank you so much. 